Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Humanity Matters Weekly. I am your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher, where we discuss faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to discuss and engage with ideas about human flourishing. I am glad that you've had the opportunity to join me tonight, whether you're listening, watching live, or this is going to be the recording, or even on the podcast over at uh, Humanity Matters Podcast, which is available at anchor.fm. If you would like to connect with me, there's a variety of ways that you can connect with me on Twitter, at Phil Fletcher. Jump over to Facebook for my uh, public page. as at Dr. Philip Fletcher. Hey, jump over to the YouTube channel where Humanity Matters Media, you can subscribe and see all types of great content. And as always, over at the website, philipfletcher.org. That is philipfletcher.org. Yesterday, I interviewed Lawrence Reed, who is the chairman emeritus for the Foundation of Economic Education. And we talked about the spectrum, all things related to communism and socialism and fascism and capitalism. Check that out. That is available on the YouTube channel and it will be available as well on our podcast channel, Anchor.fm, Humanity Matters, and also available on Google Play, as well as Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your great podcast content. So today we are talking about fatherhood. Fathers are important. Uh, From the very beginning, I come from a Christian perspective. God made man and woman, and Adam and Eve Adam became a father. They had kids. We know the story. Cain and Abel didn't go so well, but nonetheless, Adam, we could consider to be the first human father. God, our main father, he has made us in his image and likeness. And out of successive generations, men, millions, billions of men have had the opportunity to be a father. Fathers biologically, fathers through adoption, fathers even as a mentor, someone who could possibly have been a coach or a a teacher or some type of instructor in our lives. But nonetheless, fathers play an important role in our society. And today I have uh, some men who are fathers who are going to talk with us today about what life is about being a father. And so, gentlemen, take y'all off of uh, mute. All right. How y'all doing today? Doing great. Doing great. I yeah. think we're Fantastic. also muted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tails off of you. Sorry about that. So I want to go around uh, the horn. We'll start with uh, Fernando and just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Fernando. I'm 27 years old. Uh I have one son, he is one year old, and I have a baby girl on the way. She's due maybe July 4th. 
So uh, we're really, really excited about it. And my wife and I, we have been married for about three years and has been the best time of my life. That's good. Hey, Mark, introduce Yes, us. sir. Uh, I am a little bit older, uh, 44, pushing 45. Uh, we have three children. Uh, my oldest is 21 are about to be 21. Uh, then I've got two that are in high school, a cheerleader and a football player. Uh, been married for almost 25 years. So it'll be 25 years in October uh, and I've enjoyed most of it. It has been a happy, wonderful time and we've enjoyed raising our children and now we're beginning to get to that point where they're growing up and are all about to be out of the house. Nice. Next up is my friend, Cannon. Cannon, glad to meet you and glad for you to be here tonight yes sir yes sir my name is cannon and um i live in the city of conway arkansas i have been married for um almost 15 years uh to my wife and we have two children and my son is 16 and my daughter is 11 of course she runs the world all of them think they do all of the girls um and it's it's been a great time. I love raising my kids. I love being involved with them, you know, and doing everything that I can uh, to to help them navigate this life. Nice. Thanks. Just thanks, Cannon. Josiah. What's up? Uh, so my name is Josiah. As he said, um, I have three kids and I'm 25. So I'm the youngest, but I have three uh, little ones. Uh, the oldest is five and the next one is uh, about to turn four in June or this, this, this month, actually, uh, later on this month. And, uh, the youngest is two and, uh, he's the one that thinks he rules the world. Uh, he's the spitting image of me in every single way. Um, and, uh, yeah, so two girls, one boy and, uh, yeah, fatherhood has been a adventure. Uh, challenge and I love it. Nice. And finally, Kevin Johnson. Kevin, uh, glad to have you here tonight. All right. I appreciate that, uh, Phil. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, my name is Kevin Johnson. I live in Valonia, Arkansas. Um, I'm a father of three boys, uh, ages 13, 7, and 5. Um, so all of them are about to be school age finally. Uh, no more pre K, no more uh, you know, having to keep one at home all the time. Um, I'm, I'm military. Uh, I'm in the Air Force Reserve. I've been uh, Air Force for about 18 years, so all my kids were actually born in different states, um, which uh, presented its own issues. And we have a lot of people go, how'd that work out, you know? But um, yeah, my, my, I'm married almost 10 years now to my beautiful wife, but this is actually my second marriage. Um, I said I was military, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, being a father has been you know the greatest uh, challenge, greatest joy, greatest blessing in my life. Nice. Thank you very much, fellows. I'm glad uh, for each one of y'all to be here tonight. And as y'all can see, as you're watching or listening later on, uh, we have fathers at different stages of their life. Uh, for myself, uh, me and my wife, Nicole, we have been married going on 24 years. This coming uh, December, we have uh, three kids, a son and two daughters, a son who is 22, another daughter who is 20, and another daughter who is uh, 19. Uh, we'd be considered empty nesters, I guess. Um, so that's where we stand. So, fellas, I'm just going to throw this out here. Describe your emotion. What was like the first time you learned that you was going to be a father? Who wants to take that? 
I think uh, I'll go with it because I'm the, the most recent one. <laughs> um, I remember being extremely excited. I mean, I, I guess I grew up a little uh, different than most kids in the sense that I've been longing for a family since I was a kid. Growing up, uh, my father has always been a really strong uh, testimony of what a man should be in my life. So uh, I always had that idea of that's what I want to do with my life. I Growing up, it was always I want to be a pastor, I want to be a missionary, and I want to be a father. And uh, whenever Sarah t told me uh, what we're doing at diet at the moment, and we're doing keto, so no sugar. And out of nowhere, she brings out a, a glass of orange juice. And I'm like, well, you, you know, I can't drink that. Why are you bringing it? She's like, and then she pulls out the, the pregnancy test. And I'm like, oh. I mean, I wasn't so excited for the orange juice, but for the child. <laughs> but the orange juice was a pretty big deal, too. So I just remember being filled, uh, filled with excitement and and happy to see how the next nine months were going to look like and and just waiting 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 to to meet that that little boy that would later come to be isaiah and yeah it was just wonderful nice who's up who's up next i'll go um yeah it was it was crazy like when i first found out i was going to be a father because um, Josiah, you said you were 25, I think, right now with three kids. I was 29 um, when I found out I was going to be a father for the first time. So I'm, I'm 43 now. Um, so I, I'm a little more you know, long in the tooth before I had my first kid. But to, to finally hear you know, pregnant, I was just blown away because um, my wife at the time um, and I had been trying for quite a while and nothing happened. Um, so when we found that out, it was just, it was amazing. Um, and, and there was a chance of, you know, high risk uh, pregnancy and all that. Um, so that was a little, a little scary, but knowing that I was going to be a dad and then finding out it was a son too, it was just, you know, racing. <laughs> feel that. I feel that. that. I was the actual opposite. Uh, I was actually really excited because I found out it was a daughter. Uh, well, that's not entirely true. We, we, me and my wife both thought that boys would be easier, but I, I think I was up to the challenge. Uh, and uh, I guess looking back now, I, I realized that daughters are immensely easier, at least in my experience so far. Um, but when I, when I first found out, I was, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a reactionary type person, so I didn't like, you know, have the typical like, oh my gosh, you know, bawling moment. But I, I was excited because I like, like uh, Fernando, I had been look, looking forward to this, that moment forever. Like since I was very young, I wanted to be a dad. Um, I've always loved, um, you know, shaping kids' lives and, uh, and, and trying to, to shape their perspectives and give them the ability to think. And uh, the, the, that, that part of fatherhood uh, intrigues me more than anything. And so whenever I found out, I was really excited um, and probably overly confident. No, not probably, definitely overly confident. Um, <laughs> in the role even though uh later i found out how uh, how ill-equipped i was amen yes amen to all of that, all of that. 
Well, I'll mix a couple of their perspectives together. Um, yeah. our, our firstborn was a was a son, and we had tried for five years uh, to have a child. So when my wife found out she was pregnant, we were exhilarated. I mean, it was uh, beyond joyous. Uh, that was why we gave him the name Matthew, because in the he in the Hebrew it meant gift of God. Uh, and that was what we considered his birth. And that's something we've done with each of our children is we've named them based on their birth story. Uh, my middle son, Caleb, his name is because the word Caleb means boldness. Uh, he, his mom had a real problematic pregnancy with him. And we had stopped trying when my wife, well, I guess I can't say we stopped trying, but we weren't technically trying to have children when my wife found out that she was surprised pregnant with our third child, our little girl. Uh, so we named her Micaiah, uh, who is like God, um, because it was giving God glory. But that with me, there was just this nervous anticipation because I, I, I knew uh, from my own upbringing how important a father is in a child's life because uh, my dad was real big uh, in my upbringing. Um, and I wanted to have that relationship. My goal as I was uh, preparing to be a father for the first time was just how can I build a relationship with this child based on the uniqueness that this child is, where I don't try to make this child like me, but allow him to be who he was going to be and, and respect his uniqueness and also encourage uh, his uniqueness. So that's where I was when we had our first. Jen? Well, I'm I'm kind of the opposite as well. Um, I don't know why. I guess it was more nervousness. I, I was kind of frustrated, uh, confused. I don't know why I was confused, but um, <laughs> it, it, it was one of those things, kind of what all the other guys are saying. I wanted to make sure that I was going to be, I was prepared to be that father that my father was to me, mm -hmm. uh, a strong man in my, my son's uh, life. When I found out it was a son. I, I was excited, but when I found out my wife was pregnant, because of course you don't know the sex until you actually go to the doctor and they tell you, oh, it's a, it's a boy or it's a girl. Yeah. Um, that's when I became a little bit more excited. And even with the pregnancy, um, I don't know if that's the question you're going to ask, but yeah, the, with the pregnancy, when I, when I was there, it's just, it, it changed your entire life. But yeah, I was a little bit confused at first when I found out, but when I knew it was a boy, um, I was I was pretty excited. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, when I uh, I was I was a mix of emotions of surprise and and shock. Uh, we wasn't trying. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, we wasn't trying, and yep. we was at a conference <laughs> in uh, Arizona. And, uh, you know, that is mom funny. knows, right? You know, just get a test or whatever. And I was just like, what? <laughs> you know, like, you know, I thought, you know, you know, I was doing what we had planned to be doing and stuff. And uh, wow. come to find out, you know, we got a boy on the way. So, so then I was like, well, that's cool. Cause, you know, my dad, he was the firstborn and I was the firstborn and, uh, Nicholas or Philip, his first name, he would be the firstborn uh, in my family. So it was a little bit of like, oh, shoot, we wasn't prepared for this. And then 
well, all right, you know, come November, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a son. So, uh, but then I I think Josiah had mentioned uh, not being prepared. Like, like what am I supposed to do with a with a kid? You know, yep. uh, I'm just trying to to work and learn what it is to actually be married because we just got married in December and then December of 97. And then it was March of 98 when we found out uh, she was pregnant. And I was like, dang, I guess we're going to have that much time to like, you know, be husband and wife by ourselves. So we got, how old were you? Let me see. I'd have been uh, 25, 25. Yeah. 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 So, you know, before I, you know, my plan was, my plan was, I wasn't having kids like I was like 30, you know, so (laughs) I had all my kids before 30. So uh, that's how that went. So, hey, so we're at different stages. Right. And um, let's start with Kevin. How old is your oldest? He's 13, 13. Mark, and you're old. So me and Mark got the same age. So we're going to move from the guys that are like, I guess, quote unquote, seasoned. To Fernando. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Mark, um, at this stage, at this stage, all right, what have you learned about yourself in terms of, of being a man and being a father? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, for me, I guess the thing that I've learned the most is sometimes being a man, uh, you you want to step up and you want to be the one that that's providing and you believe that you've got to be the source of all the wisdom in the household. And sometimes one of the things that it's hard to accept as a as a guy is that sometimes uh, your wife's got better advice uh, and sometimes those relationships that are built with with your children can be can be very unique for each parent. Uh, like with our firstborn, uh, he and my wife have always been close because they both have very scientific minds. But then he and I, our relationship is built around things like the Avengers and and online gaming. Okay. Uh, so it's just learning to, you know, you think as a man, you think you have it all figured out, but at the same time, there's got to be this flexibility to, to work with the kid and work with the wisdom that God's put in your wife as well. Uh, just to learn to work as a unit and a team uh, in raising the children. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for me, that, that came real apparent when our kids hit the teenage years. Um, knowing seeing the personalities in our kids mm-hmm. and me recognizing like my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, so son, two daughters, my oldest daughter or the middle child, she, her personality is more like mine. So when it came to interactions and especially like discipline, that wasn't going to happen between me and her. Nicole had to pick that up and <laughs> yeah. And Nicole is more like Nicholas. So, you know, I took that up and then the shell, the youngest, we kind of tag teamed on that. So <laughs> one of those things was, was, was recognizing, and it's kind of cool now, um, wh- what you can say and not necessarily say to your kids and what's the best way to say what needs to be said to them. Mm-hmm. Because what is said to one 
uh, one way needs to be said in a different way to another. That way you can, you know, get that stuff across and not have chaos erupt and things like that. <laughs> um, I've become more patient and uh, more willing to listen because kids will, when they get older, they the more the older they get, the more rational they get, and they can form their own arguments. And you just got to be like, "Dang, that makes sense. I didn't think about that before." <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Cannon, Cannon, Ch- Kevin, what about y'all? Kevin, go ahead. Okay. Oh. Who? Um. I learned a lot from my dad and seeing him, I, I was the middle child. I have four sisters. So I, I really truly understand women and how they think because I was around five of them all my life. Um, and so when I saw what my dad had to go through with discipline, but he disciplined, he was disciplining four girls. He would discipline me, but he was harder on me because I was a boy and I was the only one, but he, he understood what I was going to deal with in life. And so I had to have a level of toughness. Um, but being in the house and, and seeing my dad, the things he had to go through, raising five children, especially four girls. Yeah. Um, it, it like made me like really not want children because, you know, four girls, I understand I, all of their personalities, they have their their emotions are up and down all over the place. Um, so as far as me learning, I think what I've learned is I had to grow up quick, mm. fast, mm-hmm. and in a hurry. Um, when my son came, I was playing video games. I remember a time my wife said, "Can you change his diaper?" And I said, "Okay." I sit there for thirty minutes. She came back in. Can you change his diaper? Hour later, she's still asking me. So I realized yeah. I had to grow up. I had to put some things aside and start taking care of my family or else I wouldn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's the biggest thing I can say is just learning how to grow up. Um, that's really the biggest thing for me. Kevin? All right. Well, I, um, Kenan, I, I, I sympathize with you. I'm also the middle child. Um, I have three <laughs> in my family, though. Um, but how this has shaped me as a man and as a father, I, I can honestly say uh, my, my father gave me a really strong head on my shoulders. You know, he, he was an engineer, he was a fireman, um, and, you know, I'm, I don't know if you can see that. I'm also in the fire service about 25 years now, and my kids have grown up in it. So th- that's a family tradition I'd, I'd like to see continue. But... I, I grew up with a very stable foundation as to what a man should be. Um, I like to think that I've, I've continued that um, as far as you know, my spiritual life, professional life. Eh, I'm working on that. You know, I'm, I'm working on going to college. I'm still providing for my family, but I'm, um, I haven't had a stable job for you know 20 years. Um, so it, it's been a little bit up and down there, but to be able to provide for my family, take care of my kids, take care of my wife, um, you know, be the head of my household, be the head of spiritually of my household. Um, all that's been ingrained in me. So I, I like to think that I had a good foundation that heading into being a father, mm-hmm. but being a father to three totally different boys has been 
incredible because I've, I've had to learn how to parent, how to discipline, how to do all this stuff for three different, completely different personalities. Cause it's not one size fits all. Right. Um, the only, the only thing I can say is when they're babies, you know, uh, it's all wash, rinse, repeat. You got to feed them, change them, bathe them, stuff like that. Yeah. But the, as far as how to work with them, with how they learn, how they, how to discipline, how, you know, their interests, their hobbies, all three of my boys are totally different. About a year and a half ago, we actually found out that my oldest is uh, on the spectrum. Okay. He was diagnosed as um, what used to be Asperger's. Now it's called a moderate social um, autism. They don't uh, refer to it as Asperger's anymore. Okay. So that actually, that diagnosis really, you know, kind of put, put the, the gift wrap on what we had already thought. You know, there, there was a lot of um, how, how to work with how his mind is working for him, you know, because I, trying to discipline well this was right this is wrong you broke the you know you broke the rules here's your discipline he didn't understand why sometimes so we had to figure that out mm. my middle is like just king books he loves reading 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 he's seven years old uh, he's about to go into second grade and he's reading at a fifth grade level and higher like he's just everything he can get his hands on he just wants to read so he's actually my rule follower too he doesn't like breaking the rules he okay like, you know he loves when things go the, exactly the way they're supposed to. My youngest son, Noah, is wild. He's, <laughs> my wife actually referred to him as feral the other night. Uh, <laughs> he, he decided to, you know, he got a bug, bug up his rear and he wanted to start throwing a ball around the house, uh, like a, a rubber ball. Yeah. And every time he did, he'd pound his chest and go, I'm King Kong. Ah! You know, just in his underwear and you know, run around the house just... I don't know if it's summer break. I don't know what it is, but he just went nuts. So having three different kids has really shaped me as a father because I can't, it's, it's not all here's ABC. I have to tailor, you know, things that we do together and, and how we interact and how we discipline totally separate. But okay. all three of my boys, I can hundred percent sit down and watch a star Wars movie, uh, any of the Avengers stuff. Um, play video games, all that, and we can all just sit down. That's the one thing we all can sit down and just enjoy together. So, awesome. Josiah Fernando, learn you go, Josiah first. Ah. Yeah. So um, that's interesting because uh, I'm the uh, when I when I've been or when I was like walking into parenting um, and fatherhood, uh, I was much more ABC minded, right? Where everything I'm I'm very analytical. Uh, my mind is very, um, very matter of fact. And so whenever I went into parenting, uh, the first one was a dream. Uh, my oldest, Alethea, was uh, she was very easy to uh, to train and uh, she was very obedient, very, very uh, didn't need a lot of discipline or anything. Ziva comes along uh, and I start getting the sense that the same things aren't working. And I and, I, and it's hard for me to understand that because the way I've always viewed parenting to a certain degree is yes, everyone's different, but in the early years, uh, they're, they're the same. You train them the same way. And then, uh, as they get older, that's whenever things start, the differences start, uh, manifesting. I realize that is complete bogus. And, uh, every single one of my kids, uh, are completely, uh, astronomically different. And, and I realized that that put a huge strain on the way I looked at parenting. Um, and so I, I, especially with my last one, uh, Jeremiah, 
uh, he is two, and uh, he was a perfect, perfect baby uh, up until the age of two. And I'm not being exaggerated. Like, I mean, he slept at night. He was obedient. He was sweet, just perfect. Um, smiled 95% of the time. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, he started getting this entitled mentality, and uh, we're, stri- we're, we're struggling with him. He's the only one that we really genuinely struggle with. Uh, so it's and, and it shaped me in a, in a weird way because because I've realized because I see myself in him more than anyone, and so I'm constantly I'm constantly finding myself um, just struggling to to try to find the line between the two of uh, you know parenting strictly whenever he's acting out and just parenting out of frustration because he's acting like me and I despise the way I was as a kid. Uh, I've seen home videos of myself and I hated the way I acted. I wish my parents had worn my butt out a lot more than they did. My mom was very lenient with me. I was the youngest, just like Jeremiah is. And I see a lot of the same uh, tendencies in him as uh, I see myself. So it's, it's, it's a struggle, and I haven't figured it out yet. Feel that. Fernando? Well, I say it's still really young. I'm not saying that in his, at his young age he would uh, not present a challenge. Um, I think the last couple of months I've been able to see more of that, uh, sinful nature just flourish <laughs> mm-hmm. and it has, and it just, I mean, at this point I can, you cannot discipline him much more than just saying no and show him what you actually want to do or, and, it, and at times I also feel like I'm doing what I was trained to do whenever I was training my dog so it feels like, whoa, 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 am I mixing things? Am I supposed to, to act like this to him? Um, am I supposed to, like, offer him a cookie after he, instead of throwing the stuff up from the table, puts him on the table? So uh, it's really just and, – and it also generates on me all these thoughts of, man, I, I really hope – or, I mean – uh, yeah, I hope that he doesn't become one of those rebel kids because, uh, or that I'll be able to to guide him once that rebellion starts showing even more because uh, he'll like sometimes even throw some hits at you if he gets upset and yeah and I and I'm still at the point where I cannot discipline him like if I hit him he understands he did something wrong, but he doesn't really understand why I hit him besides mm-hmm. maybe I'm being mean or something. So I'm still on that, on that stage. And uh, it had just made me more aware of, of my sinful nature and of like, Hey, I act like that sometimes towards God and, and he's just a child and man, am I just a child sometimes to God? Like, am I, do I behave like just a little baby with him, even though we have walked all this time since, I mean, I grew up uh, in, in the faith and uh, I, I became um, complete in, in, in God uh, once I was in college. So, I mean, I have a history with him. So am I sometimes like this little baby boy that, that reacts whenever something goes wrong and whenever he doesn't get what he wants. So it's just giving me that perspective. That's good. Yeah. I think we could all agree that uh, fatherhood humbles us. Um, Cause we yeah. have to admit, shoot, I don't know what to do. I can't fix this. Um, you know, it, it reveals 
some level of our inadequacies because uh, I think men in general, we want to be able to try to fix things and, you know, have some semblance of order and, and, and kids. And I'll say this kids at every stage, they challenge that um, to some degree. Hey, everybody's Dr. Philip Fletcher with Humanity Matters. And we are talking about fatherhood today with uh, five of my friends and fellas. So, what assumptions have been challenged uh, since you have been a father? You know, we all have these preconceived notions of what parenthood would look like, uh, even what parenthood would look like, you know, when our kids become, you know, school age, teenagers, you know, in some of our cases, uh, young adults. Uh, what assumptions have you had that have been challenged? And now you like, Hey, I got to do away with that because here is, here is reality uh, for my particular situation. I guess the assumption that, that hit me, uh, or that I had to confront uh, when parenting, especially with three kids is just how different. And it's something you mentioned earlier. I had the assumption that I would be able to discipline each child kind of the same way. Uh, that, that, you know, my oldest son, uh, he was, he, he was, uh, I think someone, I think it was Kevin had mentioned, you know, a rule follower, you know, my oldest son was like the rule follower. And then my middle son was like the, he's like the most good hearted person you'll meet. You know, he will do everything he can for you. And Mm -hmm. then you get to my daughter, who's the youngest and she is like the rebel in the house. I mean, it's, it's, uh, she, she's the most difficult one. So the disciplinary, things that I did with my boys have not quite been the same with my daughter, uh, just uh, by nature of her being a girl and then being boys, but then also just the entirely different personality and the way they receive discipline and how they respond to discipline. Uh, you know, like with my boys, uh, you know, the, the whole, uh, the, uh, physical discipline was kind of a thing, you know, my, my, um, uh, sometimes even my physical presence was a sense of discipline. You know, I could scowl and, you know, my oldest, my boys would back down if I would scowl, you know, and they would realize they had stepped out of line. Uh, But the daughter doesn't do that. You know, she's one that, that the scowl doesn't mean anything to, you know, Mm -hmm. she's, but, but by golly, the cell phone, you know, that, that's something that you, you take that cell phone and suddenly the attitude and everything just completely, you know, flips around. So, you know, the assumption that I was going to be able to use the same discipline with each of them was just totally busted uh, once yeah. we had kids. I just realized each of them was so different and unique in their personality. So discipline was different for each of them. Well, I think um, for me, it's uh, two assumptions that actually aren't necessarily in line with exactly that. I mean, I agree with you, Mark, but for me, it was just upheaval. All right, was the first one. My son was born. I was married. Things seemed to be going well. And next thing I know, I'm separated, you know, going through a divorce. But I'm also a single father now because I, I, he came with me, which is great. I wanted that. But for about, you know, a little over a year before um, my wife that I'm married to now ended up moving up, um, I was a single father and, and you, Dr. Phil, you were talking about like, no, you know, no idea what's going on. There's no yeah. owner's manual, you know? Right. So I, it's me, uh, working crazy shifts in the air force with a three-year-old 
and trying to get him into pre-K, trying to get you know a babysitter lined up, trying to do all this. It, it was a madhouse. But the assumption that um, things were going to go well, <laughs> that went out the window. But we survived, you know, and, and thrived from it too. You know, my oldest and I still have that bond that, you know, it's just me and him against the world kind of thing. You know, we, we can take on anything and we'll, we'll do well. Mm. But the, the other assumption, and this is something that has bugged me, bugged me, bugged me a lot. And I'm sure you've seen it if you if you watch TV, you notice it in commercials, that bumbling father. Yeah. You know, bit. The Homer um, Simpson type. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like here comes the wife to the rescue. Fathers yeah. are, you know, whatever. Um, I had taken all three of my kids out to eat one day. and gave my wife, you know, the day off. She went out with some friends. And I took them all out to eat breakfast one morning. And the waitress asked where my wife was. And I said, well, she's, she's out. I said, I'm just hanging out with my sons. And she said, you, you got them all dressed and out of the house and, you know, do all this just by yourself. And it just floored me. Like, are we that, are, are we looked at as being that useless? Like the, I, I just, I, I, it blew me away that that assumption is still alive and present that fathers are useless without their wife or mm. significant other. I, I don't want to just say wife, but you know. yeah. Yeah. So that, that's always bugged me. Yeah. Hey fellas, could y'all take care of your kids if left by your left by yourself for a week? Yeah, I've done it. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> Fernando, could you make it ha- Fernando, could you make it happen? I could. I mean, I definitely could. I do see myself having lots of struggles and texting her every now and then, and be like, "How do you prepare this for him again?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We'll find the answer, I'm sure. Right? Yeah, we will find the answer. We will find the answer. Any other assumptions that have been challenged? Anybody? Um, Some assumptions. Well, my dad was a huge disciplinarian. And he was a baby boomer. And he's almost 70. And he wore me out. Like, he wore me out. I needed it. I deserved it. And I thank him for it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I took that what he did to me as far as discipline and I used it on my son and he it it, it was received by him okay you know he did something I pop him he wouldn't do it again mm-hmm. and that still holds true to this day he's 16 now but you know he may say something here or there that I don't like but I kind of talk to him about it. It's not a, or I might kind of rough him up if I have to, mm-hmm. but my daughter, it, it, it's, it's, com- it's a complete 180. Like okay. I, I tried to use that same method. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It was not received. <laughs> um, I, I realized quick that I had to, change my assumption because I thought that I yeah. could just do the same thing with her mm-hmm. but it didn't work and so I'm still my daughter's 11 I'm still learning how to navigate that part you know I talked to her and and uh, all of the assumptions that I had about that I, I've thrown them out the window Okay, now it's more of me learning from her because you know girls are up and down with emotions I'm learning from her 
and, and you know, she still's disciplined. Um, you know, uh, like uh, Kevin said and Mark said, taking away some electronic device or something like that that hits home more than getting loud or, or scowling or whatever. Yeah. But that was that was truly an assumption. I thought that I would just be able to take from my dad and move forward with, and not it wouldn't be any problems. But I found out quickly once my Levy Rose born. That'd work. Gotcha. Gotcha. Decide. I can't think of any specific assumptions that were, okay. like I said, I was really confident going in and there was a lot of things that kind of shifted in my confidence, but it was more just going, realizing that I guess the big assumption was that it was easier than, than it actually was. And, and so the first one was planned. We, we wanted to get pregnant. We had just got married. Unlike you, though, we were planning on having babies right off the bat pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't mind it coming a year later, but we were just like, you know, let God plan the plan the family. That's the homeschool yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And I was homeschooled. So let okay. God plan the family, right? So the first one was planned. Second one, uh, semi-plan, right? You know, uh, we, weren't, we weren't like on birth control or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we assumed that because of, of how how soon after because jackie was still nursing my wife was still nursing so i was like you know the chances are slim everyone in google said it was a lot slimmer chance no <laughs> dr no. google <laughs> um yeah so ziva came along and then uh the third one was basically unplanned uh, i think there was a couple times where we were like yeah maybe we'll have another one you know kind of and then boom uh god was like yep you're gonna have another one uh so I realized very soon, like like I said, Alethea was smooth. The first one was real smooth. Everything just felt like it was, I just had it. Like, I'm not going to lie, up till she was like a year old, I, I, I just felt like I had it. It was, I was on a, it was smooth. I was a natural as far as I could tell. Okay. And, and people told me that. Then bam, bam, suddenly we were outnumbered and people told me, oh, you're going to be outnumbered and it's going to be, and then all of a sudden we just started feeling this, like being swallowed uh, where we were like drowning. And, and I was like, uh, my big assumption was like, okay, it's not, there's no like perfect plan to make this easy. It's going to be difficult because now I've got to deal with, like we've discussed all these different types of children, different types of, and because of my uh, way of thinking, I'm very systematic and I want to be, I want to be consistent in doing the same thing. And when I realized that Ziva does not, uh, you know, react the same way as Aletha to this and that. And it became a whirlwind of like, how do I keep everything straight with all these kids, especially because they're so close together. It mm-hmm. creates a serious problem because they see each other being disciplined a certain way and so forth and so on. So there's, there's a lot of uh, issues that come along with that. So it's been challenging to say the least uh, with them being so, so stair stepped uh, in their ages. Yeah. Got it. Hey, we are talking fatherhood. My host, Dr. Philip Fletcher with the Humanity Matters Show. If you got a question or a comment, please uh, shoot it our way. We would love to take it. So, fellas, um, ideals are important. Um, so, for instance, in uh, our family, uh, it's, it's real important. One of the things that we've done is obviously it's important to talk about faith and how that's important. Uh to one's life. Uh, we've also talked about um, putting in the ideal of hard work is another big thing that 
our family has really emphasized and uh, being creative and thinking outside the box, um, you know, to achieve those things that you want to do in life. And so um, whether at the beginning stages of, of being a father or midway through, um, you know, you're just rocking and rolling. What are some ideals um, that you sought to uh, put in the hearts and the minds of your children so that, you know, when they leave the house, they have kind of like these guiding stars um, that can take them through life? So I'm a libertarian and uh, that philosophy has seeped through heavily in my parenting and I don't regret that at all. Okay. Uh, one of the main central things I've taught my kids since they were as young as I could teach them anything was private property. Okay. Um, and so that meant certain toys were theirs and certain toys were shared. And the toys that okay. were shared had to be shared equally um, uh, as much as possible. The toys that were not uh, shared and that were given to a certain kid were their toys. And mm-hmm. therefore, they had the right to share or not to share and the ones that would cry over it uh, would be uh, scolded, not physically, but scolded mm-hmm. because they have no right over that uh, toy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and, and it, it took pretty well with Alethea, uh, Ziva a little okay. less so. Um, and Jeremiah owns everything in his opinion. So, again, the differences have been manifold uh, and, and manifested through um, through that specific ideology of like, hey, you you own certain things. Okay. And we have the rights to do those certain things. And we still encourage, and we 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 uh, specifically will will like have conversations with the kids individually about, hey, you need to share because you want people to share with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you want you want you want them to share whenever it's their toy, and they, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's been times. One time, I, I brought uh, a, a leapfrog computer uh, home because one of my children uh, was really well behaved on a while me and my wife were gone for a few days, and one of them was not. And the one that was well-behaved got a leapfrog computer, and it was their computer, and uh, they didn't want to share. And there was a whole ordeal of it for a week where um, it was kind of a constant fight. And we eventually – and because of that one instance, they finally got it into their brains that, hey, if something is mine, I can share it and reap the results of getting something shared to me later, hopefully. Um or I cannot and be, you know, be selfish with it, and uh, I'll find out later that they remembered that. And they won't share with me later. So um, that's one of the big things. My libertarian principles across the board generally um, inform certain certain parts of my parenting. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, who but, that yeah. Was. <laughs> that was my son. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I had the game on in the other room, and I guess he was in the back room and came in and saw something going on with it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do, do you mind? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, well, two two things. One, um, I'll answer the question in a second, but I'm I'm gonna have to duck off. I hate doing this. I apologize. Not my but problem. Thank, thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah. It was nice to meet you guys. But yes, um, sir. Two things, uh, Josiah, I agree with you uh, with that, with being a libertarian, being um, uh, uh, my, uh, it's uh, it's there for me, but it's a little more low-key. I like to kind of let them feel out their own way, especially amongst each other, but then I'll come in with exactly what you were talking about. But um, the two big things in my life um, is love God and serve your neighbors. 
You know, I, that's what I've tried to instill in my in my sons is put God first in your life and have a heart for service, have a heart for helping people out in, in whatever way that's manifested, in whatever way they're led to do so. Um, just have a heart for service and, and follow God's lead. Sounds good. Hey, Kevin, thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service, Kevin. Thank you, thank you for your thank service. You, Kevin. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Yes, have a good night. Who else? Well, I guess the ideals that I've tried to instill in my children, um, I'm also a libertarian and a Christian. So just this uh, concept of, you know, as uh, Josiah talked about with private property, but also uh, this instilling them this compassion for other people, uh, just to realize uh, continually that not everybody uh, has the same things that they do. A lot of people don't have, you know, uh, 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 some people don't have, you know, a good father or a good mother in their life. They come from all kinds of issues. And just to understand that sometimes when you meet someone, uh, you're not meeting the finished person. You're meeting that person in that, that moment. Uh, so I've tried to, uh, because of my libertarianism and because I do have faith in God and, and love Jesus Christ, uh, one of the things that stood out to me in his ministry was the power of the moment and just trying to impress on my kids how important each moment is and how important building a good relationship with other people so that each moment can can be full, uh, so you can fully live in each moment and fully live out your faith in each moment. Uh, and a lot of that boils down to just basic compassion for other people. Sounds good. What about you, Fernando? I mean, he's still pretty young, but I, the one thing that I keep coming back to is uh, striving to find the answer to everything through prayer. Um, that, that may look on uh, praying while we're sick. Uh, he has been fighting uh, ear infections for uh, ever since November or something like that. So uh, every time he's sick or can sleep, we, we pray. Uh, whenever it has been a little bit tight on the finances, we, uh, we sit down and we pray, uh, uh, giving thanks for what we eat, uh, whenever we're driving and going on a trip or just starting the day, prayer, uh, you know, trying to, I know he's still really young, but uh, I hope that uh, as we continue that as, as a tradition that at least I, I know my father did with us growing up. And to this day, even whenever we, uh, or whenever I have uh, been in the car with him, mm-hmm. it's always that uh, that prayer of, Hey, if it's not with with God, it's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. if it's not through Him, we're not going to make it. So, mm-hmm. um, let, let's go back to Him and, and trust us to the one that I can that can actually that who is actually guiding everything that is happening. Yeah, that's good. Kenny, yes, sir. Um, God is always first. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Um, so. so God has always been in the driver's seat. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, at times we try to open the window and maybe jump out the car or open the door and try to get out. And if we do happen to, um, we're out of his will. And so that those are things that we've taught um, our children. We've always been to church, um, whether it was every Sunday, it was enough to get them to, to help them to understand 
who God was and being around people um, who believe in the same principles and ideas. And um, also with our, with the, with us, we all sit down and talk amongst each other about how we feel about things, how we feel about the world, what's going on in the world today, politics, um, so that they're comfortable with talking to people about those things. And it's not a, um, if somebody brings up a political party or anything like that, you know, it doesn't offend them. Um, I've taught them not to be offended. I've offended them so that they understand what it feels like to be offended. Mm -hmm. Um, so when they're, when they're out of this bubble that they're in, they're not, they're not offended easily. Um, they can take, take some, uh, some blows. Um, they can take what life has to, to dish uh, out to them, so to speak. Um, but, you know, I try to promote, push them to, to do their own business stuff. My son right now, he has chickens, he sells eggs. Um, okay. So maybe one day, you know, one day he may have 100 chickens and he sells eggs and he has his own business or any other yeah. business like that. Um, and he does a lot of other things. And my, my daughter, he, she helps um, have a dog. So they, they learn responsibility uh, of taking care of that dog because I wasn't going to do it. Um, sometimes I step in to help discipline the dog, but yeah. um, they have to feed him. They have to make sure they feed him. They have to make sure he takes a bath. They have to, have to make sure. So we try to instill all of these things in them. So when they get to that point in their life where they have to fall back on our advice as parents, they know who God is. They know how to hustle. Um, they know how to be creative. Uh, they know how to think outside of the box. And so that's what, that's what we've done as parents uh, with our children. Got it. Um, so we're on our downswing. So what does, what does a father need from a mother? Um, in terms of support, uh, what 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 does a father need from a mother? Um, anybody want to want to tackle that one? The reason I ask that is, you know, a lot of times, you know, we hear emphasis on, you know, what a woman needs and uh, emotional support, uh, uh, you know, in terms of the home and 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 goals and things like that. Uh, but looking at it in the opposite direction, uh, because a father has as much responsibility and influence in the life of his child or children in, in all our cases. Um, what is it we need from our, from the mothers who are, who are parenting with us in a, in an ideal situation? I'd say the honor and recognition that the mother brings from, from the children, like, for her to guide the children to see the father as this figure of authority. Okay. And um, I know that's that was the, the thing my mom did uh, for us with my father. And she always just, uh, like, before our eyes as, as, the, as the children, she just praised him and, and was always saying... Uh, like how good he was doing things for the family and how he would sacrifice and how would he would uh, come out of his comfort zone so that we could have things and enjoy things. Okay. So, um, and I know she, um, my wife does it with, I say, even though he's just a little baby, he, uh, it always just pushes him to, 
to look up to me and 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 see how I can help him in the in whatever small situation maybe. How does that how does that make you feel, Fernando? Uh, empowered and okay. with a lot of responsibility. I mean, okay. right now, like I said, I keep diminishing it a little just because he's a baby, mm-hmm. but um, but it all it always brings back to me that sense of. Dang, I'm I'm the father. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just the, the the dude that that gets to raise this uh, baby with with my wife, but I'm the father of this child. And what and and all those ideals that I have because of my father and because of God, of what it means for me to be my son's father. So mm-hmm. it humbles me. It uh, it uh, excites me. It, it makes me feel like man it, this is quite the job but but I'm so happy I'm I'm in it so that's how it makes you feel. That's good work. Somebody else? I guess uh the, the things that I've needed the most from my wife uh over our marriage and during the time that we've been raising kids uh one is just understanding uh that uh when we're dealing with the kids we're each gonna have are different methods that are kind of unique to us and what, you know, sometimes she may think's the most appropriate course. Sometimes I may think something's different, but just being able to understand that we're both looking out for what's best for the kid. Yeah. Uh, so we need to, to find a way to work together to, to do what's best for the child. Uh, so just, you know, understanding from that perspective that, that, you know, as a father, I do want what's best for that child and I'm willing to do whatever I have to, uh, to help do what's best for the child. Um, and the other thing is just, uh, or that, that's been important to me is just having affirmation, just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for her to say, you know, you're a great father. You know, that, that I, I don't, I, I can't really put into words how powerful that statement yeah. is to me, yeah. you know, for my wife to say that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one thing for your kids to say it, but it's something totally different when your wife is just acknowledges that, you're, you're knocking it out of the park. You're doing a great job as a father and, and just, you know, expressing that appreciation for what you've done. So those are two things that have been very important for me as a father to have from, from my wife. That's good. That's good. I agree with both of them. Um, But to contrast that, I think uh, something that I desperately need and uh, sometimes don't want um, is constructive criticism where um, my wife, can come to me and be like, hey, and be honest about her perspective of my parenting. Um, being, you know, saying, hey, I think you disciplined in anger then. Or, hey, I think that th- there could have been a better way. Um, and it's not something that generally, as for my, because of my personality and because of my sin nature, that I generally uh, tend to uh, take well in the moment. But looking back after uh, I've thought about it, a lot of times um, my wife will uh, bring something to my attention and be like, you know, I think that you could have done this better or whatever. Um, she also does all the other things. The affirmation, like Fernando talking about it and Mark, um, absolutely. Um, she tells me constantly how much she thinks uh, I'm a great father and how it's amazing to watch me be a father. Um, that makes me feel amazing, warm and fuzzy and all that stuff. But the criticism... And the, the, the willingness to, to, to confront me honestly, mm-hmm. uh, especially me being me uh, my, with my personality, um, means a lot because it means that she cares enough about the kids to be like, hey, 
I think we should probably talk about this specific thing that I think you may have done um, a little less than perfect. Um, so I think that that's something a lot of times possibly mothers are not willing to uh, to be completely and utterly honest. And then behind their father's back, they might parent differently. Mm-hmm. I think that's a dangerous uh, recipe. I think as long as they're both uh, in line and they both know exactly, one of the, the biggest pet peeves I have with uh, some parents is that they uh, will admit that they they both approach parenting differently. And there's it's one thing to approach parenting differently on certain things, like, hey, I just went a little bit differently, blah, blah, blah. but it's another thing to have a different philosophy and a different mindset of what I, the ideals are that you're teaching your kids. I think it's very important that you come together and figure those things out before the baby's born, and if not, right after, because as that baby grows old, he's going to see, he or she is going to see that that difference um, between yeah. ideals, and it's going to create conflict in, in, in their uh, in their personality. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The father and mother have to be able to speak with one voice uh, because that's important. If not, kids can pick up on that. And uh, me and my wife used to run a group home uh, with six girls. And those girls, for survival reasons, too, they were able to pick up um, and be able to what we call staff splitting and pit you know, one staff member against another and, or one house parent against another if need be. And so it was important, you know, that, yeah, you come from different backgrounds, but you got to be able to figure out how are we going to tackle this together and speak with one voice. So uh, that's important. Ken, and, and actually, Josiah, your wife sounds a lot like mine, um, you know, give, gives that criticism, but it's so that to be better you know, to be a better father. Um, and that's helpful. Uh, cause I know my thing is early on is I, I'm a provoker by nature, you know? So in that's in the scripture, it talks about fathers provoke, not your children to wrath. Like that one speaks to me. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Paul, he was thinking about me when he wrote that. Yeah. Um, and so that was a constant reminder Nicole would bring up to me. Uh, and even my kids, they would notice it too. You're provoking and so on and so forth. So, uh, but it was helpful in the, in the long run. Cannon. Yes, sir. You, you all, uh, uh, Josiah, Dr. Fletcher, y'all hit on exactly what I was going to say. A united front. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned, I saw that with my parents and I, I could see how, my dad was frustrated because all of my sisters could play my mom against my dad. And I saw it And my dad, you know, we had talks because, you know, I'm his only son. So I got the, you know, he worked for the gas company. So we would go to Greenbrier, you know, the central Arkansas area. And he would tell me his frustrations. He was like, you know, he would say this, this, and this. And I'm just like looking at him like, but you're my dad. Like, Nothing bothers you. I've never seen you cry. Um, But I heard that frustration come from him. And so when I have my own family, um, I was I was telling my wife, I said, baby, look, I said, we got to make sure I said, because I saw this with my parents. I said, we have to make sure that we are like this. We cannot be separated. I said, because what's going to happen is they're going to see that we're not in agreement and they're going to take advantage of it. They can pick up on it. They have 
keen sense of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So if we have a united front, um, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and then we've we've gotten better with time. Um, we've, we've improved. Um, and some of the things the other guys mentioned, uh, hints of it here and there. But my wife is an awesome lady. She supports me. She's always, uh, you know, I went outside earlier and grilled. And uh, uh-huh. she was like, can you grill? I was kind of like, oh. And so I went out there and grilled. I did it for her. And she came in. She said, baby, I love you. Thank you so much. Gave me this big kiss. You know, I'm smiling, you know, big yeah. time. So, you know, that that's wonderful, man. That's wonderful. That's good. That's good. Hey, last question before we close. So what is your hope for your children? What is your hope for them? That they'll grow to be lovers of God before lovers of anything else. Hmm. Obviously, same. Um, that's, That's the number one priority um but i i truly want my kids to understand that they they don't have to be the same as everyone else Mm -hmm. um and and they don't have to find their security in being different either Mm -hmm. that's something that personally i struggled with right uh growing up i was always very different and uh sometimes at different periods of my life i tried to blend in and other periods of my life i tried to stand out um i want my children to um be fully willing to be different but for the right reasons um not not for just the sake of being different and being edgy um i want them to be willing to be creative in their own ways and communicate those things as long as they're doing it to the glory of god I guess for me, it's going to be the, uh, of course, as a Christian, I want loving God to be the primary thing in their life. Uh, One of the things that I've always tried to instill in them is, you know, you love God, you love your neighbor, but the Bible also says to love your enemies. So I want you to be someone who is, 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 I want them to be people who are willing to love their enemies, uh, and to be that that type of person in this world, because I think that's something our world needs. But I also want them to to be the unique person they are, and not to be ashamed of who they are uniquely. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I see the Star Wars and Avengers stuff in the background there. Yeah. Uh, you know, each of my kids is different and has that different set of unique tastes, unique likes, and that unique personality. And I yeah. want them to not be afraid to embrace who they are and just be who they are in the world and, and actually be that expression of God's love in that unique personality that they have. Yes, sir. Uh, but that, that's what I want for my kids. That's good. Okay. So I think my children are going to be fine. Um, I don't want them to fall for any and everything. Um, I want them to read the fine print. Um, okay. Because I know a lot of things, a lot of things that are said are not really what they are. You know, um, I had one more. I can't remember it. Um, you may have to come back to me. I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you have children and yeah. <laughs> got a million yeah. different responsibilities running through your head. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. What am I doing next? Yeah. That's cool. 
Hey, fellas, I appreciate each and every one of y'all and what you had to contribute and say. Uh, my encouragement um, to each one of you is, you know, you got to c- communicate as consistently as possible. You know, again, what your hope for your family is and then specifically what your, your children, what your, your hope for them is. And then, you know, kind of hold them with open hands. You know, and it's obviously you're trusting God with your children. Uh, but then also, um, as you are influencing them with, you know, these principles and ideas that we've talked about, um, kind of stand back and watch them and see what they do, you know, and and see them blossom. And uh, there's going to be times where you're just like a standing in an applaud. And there's going to be other times where you just want to just like man, are you serious? You know, or, or daughter, are you serious? So uh, all of that comes together and um, um, just enjoy it too. That's the other thing. Uh, I think the other thing we got to enjoy uh, this experience of being fathers because um, we've been given the opportunity to and uh, we should enjoy it. We should relish it. And, but like you've all said, uh, don't take it lightly because it's a, a responsibility that's been given to us. So I hey, appreciate y'all very much. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Philip Fletcher with Humanity Matters Weekly. Thank you for uh, joining us on tonight as we talk about fatherhood. Again, if you want to connect, connect on any of the various social media platforms, Hey, subscribe on the YouTube channel. I would appreciate it very much, very, very much. Also, you can catch this on our um, podcast, which will be available in the upcoming week. So if you've missed any portion of this, you can listen to it as you're working out, taking a walk, cutting the grass, doing dishes, or just sitting at the house. All right. So I appreciate that very much. Leave a review. I would appreciate that as well. So as always, remember to Be love, be kind, and be generous. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Take care. God bless. Thank you for joining us at the Humanity Matters Podcast. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Remember to be love, be kind, be generous. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.